0: On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer.
1: I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone, that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information.
0: As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent
2: WhatsApp channel. Leia
0: Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the left wing with Luke Fitzgerald. O'Driscoll. Morgan. Extra man. It's <laughs> Fitzgerald. It's again, and two hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. I'm Will Slattery, joined in studio as always by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. How are
1: we? How are things?
0: I'm good. Yeah. How, how are you?
1: Good, good, not too bad, not too bad. Excited about tonight.
0: A disclaimer, Luke is dressed head to toe in golf (laughs) gear. He usually comes in a suit and tie today. He's, well, I guess, you know, now that you're a businessman, half the deals are done on the course. That's what I'm
1: hoping. That's why I've chosen this career path. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, look, hopefully I'm not let down on that front.
0: Well, we have a great guest tonight. Ian Maligan will be joining us on the line in just a couple of minutes. But first, I think this competition has been the talk of Certainly the sports media world, if not the entire media world.
1: (laughs) Big Bill Slattery's... Tweet to a Twitter handle is that a, is that right? Twitter handle has been blowing up with questions. Yeah, like my blowing scheme. Up, the scheme. Well, is uh, that right? Big Bill Slattery is your kind, of, or am I thinking? No, no that's my, the Instagram. Instagram. Okay, Big Bill Slattery
0: wouldn't be appropriate for a work. Yeah, uh, for a work I Twitter handle. Work, yeah, I
1: forgot it's work. Sorry. Yeah, Big
0: Bill Slattery on Instagram for anyone to so boost my following there as well. <laughs> Get it? Hit him up. Hit up Big no, Billy Slattery. You know, I got <laughs> I got about thirty followers out of it. You know, so on Twitter. So you know, my there work was go. done from that perspective. But I'm actually looking at a double sided left wing. Right now that could hold an untold amount of different liquids for your pleasure, Luke. And we have, we had a good amount of questions. You know, I have, I have a piece of paper here written down. I think we're just going to drive on into it. Go you? get in, drive in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is an ask. Uh, do we have to rate these? When do we rate these? At the end, I think we'll know, you know, fine. I think in our hearts we'll know. We'll come to a natural conclusion with it. And then we will just. And are you open to answering these? Like, you know, you're not allowed to pass on any of these questions. Fine. Some Don't. of them are extremely might insulting have a... and personal. Yeah, fine. I'm joking. No. Well, one of them is kind of insulting. And it's <laughs> not really on. a question, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a statement. It's, this it's a making statement. It's insulting statements. statement.
1: Well, if you really, if you troll through Twitter, th- like you can really find some good stuff, which I'm sure, given that you had all afternoon to do this, you've probably got some really good stuff there on
0: me. Have, have you? No, well, we'll see. We'll see what you think. We some will one. see. Go on, let's do okay. it. Okay. If mm-hmm. you could go back and play one more match in your career, what team would it be for and what match would it be?
1: If I could play, what, can I change the outcome? We call it Yes. As in, like,
0: no, you just have to kind of go I just back have to and go play back
1: it. and play one more. So let's go with the one I enjoyed the most. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Northampton, um, Leinster, Northampton. Yeah, 2012, 2011, 2011. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think that was a great match. That was like we like. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat the Millennium Stadium. Uh, it's unbelievable. The answer is great, and then obviously the, the comeback
0: was pretty special. Mm. So let's call it that one. Okay. What would the title of your autobiography be? <laughs> and actually, that was I was asked that as well, as it was a two. It was for both was of us. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I think we should release when this podcast gets really famous. We can release like a co-autobiography of the show. You know, okay. a behind-the-scenes. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> we always laughed about all the guys who ended up in the bibs and I always thought it was a good one. It was. Uh, you know if you're not in the starting team for Ireland you end up in the bibs and I had a few of those campaigns where there was a few of us (laughs) who were in the bibs the whole time and I always really liked a year in the bib um, (laughs) or years in the bib yeah Um, if you're a
0: perennial substitute
1: yes or like yeah you know riding pine or you know all those (laughs) Uh, rough Riding on the Pine Oh God Oh
2: God that's, <laughs>
0: Sorry no that's a bad no. That's some sort of adult <laughs> novel I think
1: It's not It's Rough that Riders That is a very adult Roof novel Rough Ride that with is, uh, oh, Paul Kimmich
0: Oh God I've a couple of my ears. I'm going to bleep all this out um, Yeah. Rough Riding on the Pine Is that
1: not Paul Kimmich's book? Rough Ride Rough Ride Yeah Rough Ride on Ruff the Pine Rough Riding Rough Ride is... on the Pine Man I, I'm trying to think of this up on the spot People have a
0: year to think up their headline Or their title have you ever used? Do you know who I am to get in somewhere or get a free get something for free? No, I dive
1: embarrassment. I dive embarrassment every time you call me a celebrity on the show, as you know, the C word, um, and it's the other one that you use. Uh, I just I find it. Yeah, <laughs> Have you ever done it? Honestly, never. Ever. Never. No. 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 Like I mean, if there's places you you, you go and you're like, oh, is such and such there? I'm obviously gonna be like, uh, you know, if you know back in the day, Crystal used to be the spot. But we used to oh, no O'Malley's brother used to be there, and Connor Buckley, who was a, a few years ahead of us in what school. Would you say?
0: I'm Luke, Never, Luke never. Concerned. I would dive in bars and do. I've won like a that. Grand, grand slam. I've a tiny cup. Of... I
1: think most people in those places, you, they would have a clue. I want a senior cup.
0: No, never. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> never. Okay. No, I can. I will tell you I can actually hundred percent tell you. I've never done that. That's a good question. Mm. Uh, Philip Mortimer wants to know if you could host this podcast for one other person or one person other than me, who would it be? Obviously, yeah, I wouldn't be changing will for anything. But uh, one other person, the ratings would nosedive. dive. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they would he's the key one other person that's a really good one um, who do I like um, that's that's a really good question I'm trying to buy myself some time here to think that one through
0: um, like it could be a fellow player because I know they do a lot of player-player yeah, podcasts yeah do you know who I
1: think would be really good at it I think Jamie Heathstip would be good at it he's interesting he comes at things from a different angle Sean O'Brien would be a lot of fun uh, Ferg McFadden would be great. Ferg McFadden, he's like he's so funny. Like, and he'd be as well. He can he's kind of has he's taught out things. Sometimes he'll, he'll catch you off guard, you're like, oh, you know, Ferg's a bit of a messer, but then he's actually really taught something. Well he through. was quite serious when we had him Yeah, he he has that side to him, yeah. but he's really he'd be a lot of fun. I reckon in, if he if he did it every week, you'd see his really funny side. So um yeah, maybe him. Oh, sorry, Paulo who would be unbelievable. Sorry, I keep just going through old teammates <laughs> here, but, but Paulo Dunhu is hilarious and like you think I think Brendan Mackin does some really good impressions um on uh, his Royal Nugent one is amazing it is brilliant but Paulo Dunhu I always think should be nearly on TV like his skits himself and Ferg when they get going with
0: their impressions are unbelievable ok this is a good one as well what did Joe Schmidt say to you after the Ireland-Argentina World Cup quarter final uh, nothing you know nothing Um there was nothing to say I mean, didn't he didn't say obviously well just, he had played well
1: no, it's not really that kind of scenario. And like, I was in wrong. Fairness, it's always, ah, <laughs> no, you mm. won't get that. No. But I think, like, um, in those scenarios, it was all about the team. And sorry, I've come across like really selfish in that. And it was a selfish moment for me just to say, you know, I just had always wanted to prove to myself, let me like just make it clear that I I could do it at the top level. And I suppose it was great for me on that level. Obviously, I was still good when we went out. But I, I suppose when I come on, it would look fairly hopeless anyway. And everything was a bonus for me. So it was kind of set up for someone to, I suppose, come on if, uh, and deliver. So maybe I'm being
0: too kind to myself. Um, Luke often talks about players' fitness being a quality he admires, but who was the fittest player you've ever played with and against? Uh, fittest player i ever played with, I it has to be Ferg
1: McFadden. Um, just has an incredible engine and like for like lots of work as well. Because usually, you know, I always, you know, it's, it's hard for people to understand, you know, like a guy can be a really good athlete in the, in the gym. Um, But when body weight comes on, like body weight makes a big difference, sorry. And that's why, you know, it takes a lot more for like, you know, Gordon Darcy might look brilliant in a collision with a bigger guy. But if he had to do that all, like those big guys are in collisions like that all the time. Yeah it really takes a huge amount of effort for the smaller guy to produce the power to, say, you know move, shift a big guy off a rook. Or... It took me actually a long time to, f- to go on a more wider note on that one. It took me a long time to figure out it shouldn't have been in as many rooks as it was because I was wrestling with guys who were th- two and three <laughs> stone heavier than me. Now, but Joe Schmidt w- wants his wings yeah, and Yeah, but I think you, need, you, still need to be, you shouldn't be in as many as I was in. I was in way too many. I used to love it because I found it was a great way to get into the game, especially if you're out in the wing you mightn't have a bit of contact for ages, so just to even feel another body where you're hitting some, and I was good at it, but it takes a lot yeah. of you. Because um, you want your wings conserving their energy for when they get the ball in their hands. Correct, Will, and it took me a long time to figure that out because you want to contribute, and I played in lots of teams that you're expected to contribute there
0: anyway, so maybe I was just fitting in. Four questions left. First one, this is, might be a painful memory for you, literally and figuratively how did it feel to have scout finger in your eye <laughs> i don't I, I actually was in a real awkward like how does it feel to have a, a finger in your eye like literally I just touching got, your
1: eyeball <laughs> i don't like i don't even really remember. i just remember just thinking get it out get it. like i was literally like y- you know i need your to get eyeball. that i need Pop. i need to get that out my that yeah. hand out of my I, didn't, I wasn't even didn't wasn't even aware if you saw the scenario i kind of got rolled out of a ruck so i was kind of on my back and then i was like oh something's in my eye and i was like get it out you know, your eyes is one of those areas. Oh it's kind of like your was, your your Lear OD. If someone's yeah. you know about to hit you, there it's just an awful spot. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it causes you to have a reaction straight. Like other parts of your body, you can tense up, but obviously that it's is the just worst refereeing
0: decision. I actually think. Uh
1: it's was, right up there with the that, worst it's a of all The spear tackle time. on O'Driscoll. like it's <laughs> uh, way worse than that. Like they they called it. At least. Yeah, yeah least yeah, they called it. was way worse. They call it. Like I mean, you can look back now at the Odrisko one, and you can be like, "Geez, they tipped him on his head." Yeah. But they didn't see it at the time? Or, no, yeah. he look, could have looked like a shoulder. Yeah. There was a bit of ambiguity there. That one was like, the ref, the, the linesman said to the ref, listen mate, uh, that's that, that's gone into
0: the eye. You yeah. know, He's he's trying to gouge him. Okay. So, and he's giving him yellow. So three, <laughs> three questions. If Luke could redo one moment in his career, what would it be in white? If I could redo one moment. Um, Whatever had you ending up here with me on this podcast? Um,
1: that's, <laughs> the, the journey has brought me here. Uh
0: yeah, I, I, you know what? I probably
1: would... What would I do? Is there anything I could have done in that New Zealand match? I always regret that 2013 match. Um, and I had a really good second half. I, I, I actually... I was one of the guys who, when Cruden takes his... He stops dead, takes his weird steps. Oh, um, you ran out. I ran out. Now, what I would do, in hindsight, is completely ignore Nigel Owens and kick the ball off the tee. Because he didn't, then he doesn't get two shots at goal. Should just kept going. He, he would have got, got another shot at goal. He would have got another shot at goal, but yeah. he wouldn't have got two shots. At oh, okay, goal. Um, and that was. But the game would have been a draw anyway. It wouldn't Nah, have. it doesn't matter. It's, I, I. I still. It would have felt I, like a. But well, you're asking me what okay. I what one moment that I think okay. about over and again. You think about that one? I think about that all the time. I'm really? like you moron. That was a really stupid decision. Once I once I knew I'd broken the the, uh you know that the in fairness it's the weirdest style of all time because he comes to a stop. Then he does his little feet thing. You're supposed to be the first movement you're supposed to be able to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So it's kind of a weird one. Um. But in all the pressure, I was just thinking, like, got to get out there quick enough to try and block this thing. And, um, yeah, I wish I just
0: kicked it off the, the tee or just blocked it or done something. I should have just kept going. This question I really like. If Luke could take a magic pill tomorrow that fixed all his injuries, does he think he would start for Leinster and Ireland? And if so, who would he start ahead of? Yeah well oh, uh, I, I don't know who you'd start ahead or of or you can just say okay you can forget who you start ahead of Who would you start on the two teams yeah you would
1: yeah definitely 100% sure
0: okay. no doubt in my mind All seriously right. yeah uh,
1: no I know I would and uh, yeah it's just I, you know I had always had that belief in myself um, just taking who, who are we evicting to, to make room for Luke Fitzgerald when you can you can come up the controversial line no I definitely oh, would well you'd yeah. be in
0: there ahead of Stockdale probably wouldn't you
1: well Stockdale I mean he's got a great try scoring record um, you know <laughs> And I don't, um, yeah. But
0: there's a body that you've only got four no, tries see, for like Ireland.
1: I, I don't. I never really like when I look back at performances. I never really, I, sorry. Yeah, it does, by the way. But also when I look back at performances, I kind of i i, I looked at lots of things. Like I still look at players, and I and I think. I don't really care. If you scored a try, you were supposed to score. You know, if there was one where it was a two and one, you're putting away in the corner, you, ha- you, know, you have to score yeah. that one. Everyone's supposed to. But if you let in a try by making an error, yeah I, I'm balancing the check. That, that, that's what I'm doing. I, I go, well, no, hang on a second here. If you want to be, a, like Draco, like Draco is your man, like he, like he's going to score the try that you mightn't, you mightn't score but he's also going to stop a try. You know, he he's doesn't. He's not going to make a defensive error, and that's why he. You know, I, I talked a while ago with Johnny Sexton. Like Johnny Sexton, probably the most skillful rugby player I've ever played with. Um, but Draco is the guy you want in the trenches because he's going to dig you out of a hole as well, and he, you can rely on him to to do both sides. And that's why he's the complete player. You know, for me. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably what, that, that's what... That's who I think. That's who I rate everyone against. So, people are like... I saw someone saying, oh, you're really harsh and Jordan on Jordan Larmer in the weekend. And I wasn't. I genuinely wasn't. I was just saying, like, he needs to... You know, he's a few technique things defensively that he needs to fix... To get better, to be the best, which he has the capability to do, from what I can see. He has the power, he has the strength, he's got the footwork, he's a few things to figure out in attack that he will as he goes on. But defensively, he needs someone to take him aside and say, listen, you're getting your weight isn't over your feet here. So you can't distribute the power. You're smaller than a lot of guys. So and you know, you look strong enough to be able to compete and you're willing. But you need to be in good positions. You're someone hasn't someone hasn't mentioned to him about his footwork. That should be an advantage to him defensively. So those things I was kind of maybe came across as being a bit critical, but I I'm, I'm really I wasn't. I was just thinking, if you want to be the best and look at a Dricko, like that's what you got to be. Um, and that's probably why I judged, like, say, Gary maybe this year as well as another guy, maybe I've been a bit harsh on will, uh, defensively. And he struggled with injuries coming back. It's always hard to come back from injuries, but um. I, I I always judge guys from the best, and that's I I don't think I'll change that about myself. And maybe it's a bit harsh, but sorry, that's that was what well, I
0: think. So if you took that pill, you could you know replace a couple of different people. Well,
1: so, no, I just think I was good defensively as well. Like that's a big part of the game for me. I think loads of loads of attackers get judged purely on that stuff, and that's that's no like some of the biggest. A lot of the times, the biggest connections and the and some of the hardest decisions are on the wing or you know fullback like that's and and, and between nine and ten
0: because. Tackle That's on where, Doug Howlett in the twenty eleven Pro 12, 11 final. Or 12, but there are
1: things that they're, they're important things. You it's need a good to YouTube you, but you need to bail your 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 team out sometimes because you might be you're usually marking the toughest guys. Usually, usually marking the fifteen, the second center or the wing, depending on how things. Go. And a lot of the other positions, second center gets it a lot, and people and there is it's a difficult place to defend. Um, but you're kind of a domino in there to a certain extent. If, this, if, if, if you've got a good 12 there, and Rick, I'll tell you, Darius was brilliant in there at defending and getting him out of slots, uh, that, you know, it kind of bailing you out. If you have a good 12 there, it uh, makes a huge difference. And I think if you're on the wing, because you have to defend kicks as well, um, you can you can get, it's good to have a good defender there. I think you look at Shaggy, was brilliant there. You know, you look at Issa, brilliant there for Leinster. Um, and it's a really tough place to defend. Ferg McFadden, like, I mean, I, I thought, like, I mean, you look at all, this, all the guys there, Ferg has become absolutely crucial to the team this year because they've struggled out wide defensively. And that's what Ferg brings. So, um, as well as obviously, you know, he's really come in, into, into some form and attack. But, I think it's really important, Will. I think it's a tough place to defend
0: alongside 15. I think it's good to have someone good there. And the last question, does Luke mind Will using his profile in an attempt to get more followers on Twitter via this competition? Absolutely not. You don't? Well, we're a team. Exactly. Like, what's the use having a celebrity involved with a podcast <laughs> no, if you can't just, use it to increase your you, own I think you forward. have
1: a bet with someone uh, if, that,
0: like, you know, can you slip that in every week? Well, I won't lie to you. When I found out I was going to be doing a podcast with a famous person. I was expecting certain perks to a come fame. my way, free into Crystal, maybe attend <laughs> at you the guy races, were doing it
1: with Trico or well, Sexo I, I, I or Seanie O'Brien I was No way. You got the Z-list of the rugby guys. That's that's me. So unfortunately, you're stuck with your. That's the that's the horse you've uh,
0: you've hitched the wagon well, to. Well, thank God no one asked me if I ever use. You know, do you know who I am <laughs> to try to get some freebies? <laughs> I <Did, laughs>
1: well, tell you now you won't get into any nightclubs. You use hey, by name. Hey,
0: have you heard of Luke Fitzgerald? <laughs> well, I'm not him, but I do. I do a podcast with them, you know. Uh yeah, and you'll be listen mate,
1: maybe try <laughs> down the road. Um, no, it, it is, it's great. We're a team here and we're we're having and Gav, listen, anytime you feel like getting rejected from a nightclub, just drop my name out there and they'll tell you to
0: go even quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sending in your actually. Yeah, we need to pick a winner actually for our questions. Yeah. So which one did you like, Luke, out of all those? Ask me anything. I
1: like the magic pill one. Um because it was just, it had a hint of controversy in there. I don't, it was like a leading question, and like I actually made trouble. it more leading than it it's was. It's kind of mischievous. I like that
0: one, and it was uh, it was interesting for me to go through that. Um, so that's Mike Code. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Code or Cody. You were the winner of the inaugural left wing mug competition, but it won't be the last because I really enjoyed it. And we got some great questions in for Ian Madigan that we're going to ask him a little later on as well. So I think we maybe in a couple of weeks' time we might. Well, we we'll go, we'll go again. We go again. It's a lot of fun. It's nice to interact, and I think uh, more controversial questions if possible. The monks are pretty, pretty. I'm gonna. I was gonna say they're they're
1: hot. Like they're hot property. They're right good. Now. I know they're very good.
0: Yeah. So, Luke, thank you for being good sport and answering those questions. And I'm delighted to be joined now on the line by Bristol out half Ian Madigan. Ian, you're the first repeat guest on the left wing. It must be a very, very proud moment for you.
2: Yeah. Thanks very much for having me on. Really enjoyed it last time. And um, always good to uh, to catch up with uh, with Luke and yourself.
0: Luke, you know, how do you feel about having a good friend of yours on now again?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's always nice to catch up. We don't catch up uh, often enough, actually, so the left wing has become a nice medium for that. Uh, so Madzo, thanks very much for coming on. Appreciate it, brother.
2: Yeah, you're welcome,
0: mate. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to use your response there because I, I don't. I, I'm just kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but someone did send in a question saying, "Does Lucasaurus Rex have a nickname for everyone he has ever met?" That was one of the questions we got in because you do seem to every single person who comes on, you do have variations of nicknames for them.
1: I spent some. I spent some time with these people in changing rooms, so like <laughs> just in, invariably you end up having a couple of crappy nicknames. Mazzo is one of the it's it's definitely on that spectrum of shit ones sorry can we can we say yeah, that well, I'm yeah well um but uh, I like it it's he's just madzo to me he Yeah do you prefer madzo mad mad dog what do you prefer we've had a mad dog yeah, phase didn't we
2: it, it, it's probably depending on, on on what Luke needs or wants <laughs> of me at a certain time so it would be the affable madzo will be you know give me the ball for his <laughs> Um, if I hadn't passed it to him and he was through a gap, he'd probably refer to me as as Ian. You know, <laughs> what, what was that about? You know, so uh, yeah, I find it. Luke, the, the nickname changed depending on on probably what his wants and needs at the given time. So uh, being on his show on Madzo, which is nice, but it's uh, because you're in the good books I mean for him.
1: coming on, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thanks a lot, Madzo.
0: All right. <laughs> should we, should probably get serious Yeah, about. yeah. Well, you know, I guess when we had done the first one, we kind of talked about, a bit about your career and about how you were getting on in Bristol and some of the stuff you had done in France. This time around, I was going to maybe talk a bit about how you go about preparing for games and kind of the stuff you do in the background. I know you're a big kind of fan of, of sports psychology or something you feel really helps you. What kind of role does that play in how you prepare for games?
2: Yeah, um, the sports psychology side is is definitely a, a big part of my preparation and and something that I developed, you know, mainly in my time in Leinster, and that was through um, coaches that helped guide, guide me on it, um, you know, psychologists um, like Andy McNulty, and and also, I suppose, uh, viewing what the senior players in the squad were, were doing. So. You know, the, the stuff that Ender would have gone through with me would have been, um, you know, scenario-based. So, for example, you know, you started a game poorly and you've you've got uh, a goal kick on the 10-meter line bang in front of the post, uh, visualizing yourself in that situation out on the training field and having to kick that kick. Um, so, you know, Ender would, would throw, you know, tens, tens of those scenarios at, at you during the week so that when... Those scenarios came live in games. It was. It didn't feel, you know, as daunting as it would have um, had you not prepared yourself for it during the week. Yeah. It's, um, is that why you always then, started
1: so badly, Mads? <laughs> 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 sorry, I couldn't help myself, man. I'm sorry. That's your contribution oh, after that long sorry, thoughtful yeah. answer. That's
0: your first contribution.
1: Jesus, sorry, I'm literally ruining the show already. <laughs> sorry, Mads. That when he was being serious. Sorry. Yeah. And listen, thanks yeah, for taking a out I of all those know. holes. You. uh you, well, I suppose you probably may. Well,
0: you, can't, you can't stop. Well, I, I was stop. gonna. I was gonna say. In a, I guess as a kicker, you're in a unique position in terms of the mental preparation you have to do versus, you know, even someone like Luke, who wouldn't have been having that bit of pressure. I remember reading an interesting interview Johnny Sexton gave when he said he'd be standing over like pressure kicks, and the weirdest thoughts would pop into his head when he was preparing to, you know, go up and strike the ball. Like, does that ever happen to you? You're standing over a big kick, and then like a really strange talk will come into your head, or, or you might think about something, and you're just like, well, what, where did that come from?
2: Um, yeah it, it can do but like there's there's, there's definitely tools that I'd use to, to try and prevent those thoughts coming into my head so you know the last thing you want to be doing when you're standing over a kick is kind of going you know this really needs to go over or there's so much on the line here or, or you know, really need to do this for your teammates because uh, something like that's going to really make you tighten up or if you're thinking about what's going to happen in the next next episode of whatever series you're watching it's you know not the kind of stuff that you want to be doing when you're standing over an important kick so for me, the, the main thing is that you know I've got probably about 20 different parts to my technique, so going into a given match, I'd, I'd, I'd very much focus on maybe two or three of those things in the warm-up uh, of the game, and then I'd really just be probably focusing on one or two of them when I'm actually making the kick in the game. So all the other thoughts in my head are cleared out, and I'm solely trying to focus on those two points um and then the you know probably with my vision focusing on um the part of the ball that I want to I want to strike with my foot and generally that helps kind of clear my head from um from the you know what else could be going on
1: and ian just a quick one just you know obviously we played for for a long time together but i mean I, there was definitely a period where i just saw you really grow into that role it's almost like you enjoyed you enjoyed being in that pressure cooker, you wanted that pressure kick, uh, and you really started delivering on it. Um, I don't really have an age that that got better, but is there anyone you kind of credit? Is there anything that you changed? Is there anything, did you just get more mature? Did you have a few bad ones that you said, you know, oh, you know, I, I really learned from that, and now I feel way more comfortable if I was put in that scenario again. Just so I, I know we didn't, it's more just a, a thought that's popped in as we were talking about it. Will has a few follow-ups here, but I just think it was
2: it just popped into my head there. What do you think? yeah no you're right there there was there's definitely there was definitely a time when you know I felt, oh look the you know the pennies dropped here and um you know that that can kind of come in a funny way like sometimes you learn more from your loss from your misses than you do mm-hmm. from your gets so like you know and the, the big thing for me becoming a successful goal kicker and like by, by no means I the finished product and I, you know it's always something I'm working on, but um the big thing for me is. Was, was finding out why I missed a certain kick because inevitably you're going to miss kicks in games. Um, and if you miss a kick you know 20 minutes into a game and then you have another kick five minutes later, you need to know exactly why you've missed that kick. Um, and if you can't fix it, then you're going into dangerous territory of kind of guessing or you know your feel goes because you're under pressure. So for me, I figured out um, exactly why I was missing. Um, And I also developed a technique that I could only really miss on one side of the post, um, which was the left-hand side. And if I missed on that side, I knew exactly why I'd missed. So by doing that, I blocked out one side, um, which was actually something I picked up from a golfing book. Um, It was uh, Tiger Woods' previous golf coach, um, Hank, uh, Hank Haney. Um, and the book was called, I think it's called the big miss and tiger was obsessed with being able to block out missing on one side of the fairway. Mm. Um, and I brought that into my goal kicking. So in in golfing terms, I hit a draw off the tee. So I, I, you know, I, I hit the ball from right to left. Except um, when you
1: block it out, I've seen you block loads out, man. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Under pressure, yeah, well, I've seen it. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> well I was so. going to
0: say it's ironic. That's the book you use because Luke's actually dressed a bit like Tiger Woods' former <laughs> golf coach tonight. He's, he's off to the driving range afterwards, and he's decked head to toe in golf gear. <laughs> it's my new life, great man. Strong
2: aim on the golf course, and he's got awful etiquette.
0: <laughs> You're an absolute uh, disgrace. Ian, just when you talked about kind of learning more from your misses, and I, I don't, I don't want to bring up um bad memories necessarily but there was I guess when you were in school an important kick that you did miss that I've heard you speak about before against Kilkenny College that it was a real learning experience for you was that a point in your career where it was a bit of sink or swim in terms of your mentality and you seemed to kick on from it rather than let it kind of cripple you
2: yeah in a way like to be honest I didn't learn a whole lot from that from that miss technically wise um you know, and like post that game, you know you it, you know I had dark thoughts have gone, you know, maybe being a goal kicker or, or being a rugby player isn't for me, but you know luckily those those thoughts quickly passed and you and you move on, and I was very lucky that you know I had great coaches like greg McWilliams and 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 Richie Murphy who you know made me fall back in love with the game very quickly um you know when I was you know under nineteen under twenty um I suppose it was it was. <laughs> Probably an accumulation of things, but um, the biggest thing for me was really getting comfortable in the shape that I was hitting off the tee, hitting a slight right-to-left draw, knowing exactly what I did, uh, what I, knowing exactly what I had to do to hit that kick. And then, as Luke touched on there, you know, if I hit a push, it's because I've led with my left left hip, and then if I hit a pull, it's genuinely generally because I haven't committed fully to the kick or I haven't completed my follow through. Um, And the great thing is like the guy, the the kicking coach is bringing on the tee to me and he, he knows exactly what my misses are. So if I make a miss in a game, I can have a quick conversation with him. He can confirm, you know, you led with your left hip there. You didn't follow through properly. So, you know, going into your next kick, that's what you've got to correct. And, you know, for me ultimately, I think I've got um, a technique that I could, that I can rely on and, that you know I'm confident confidence using in in, in
1: games so you're coming to an age you know really coming into the prime of your career um, and you sound like really really comfortable with obviously a key part of your game um, and just from knowing you I know that you've really grown more comfortable with with the rest of your game as well and um, and you've become such a big part of, of what's going on at Bristol T- tell us how how's how are you enjoying things at Bristol? Obviously, you had a big weekend. Was it two weekends ago against Ealing that you you've after uh, qualifying to, to get into the Premiership? But how are you enjoying things at Bristol and enjoying your role? I assume you're taking more of a kind of that senior player mantle there. Is that is, is things going well there? Are you enjoying your role there?
2: Yeah, very like very much so. Um, you know, while it's been a bit frustrating in a way, having to take a step back and a step down into the championship. And um, being part of a of a team and a, and an environment that you feel like you're you're going somewhere is is really powerful. And you know, I wake up every morning, you know, and be it going into training, um, or reviewing games, we're very much heading in a direction. And you know, Pat has this really clear vision for the team. Um, and you know, I suppose I'd rather have had to have taken the step back this year to uh, be part of a team that was going on this journey that you're moving forward all the time than, you know, being part of a system where you're, you know, plugging holes all the time. There's no real, you know, reliable game plan. Um, If things, if things go wrong that you've nothing really to fall back on. Whereas what I've found this year with Pat is he's building this really strong foundation that, you know, I'd like to think is going to be similar to, you know, great clubs like Munster, Leinster, you know Leicester, Sarries. That you know when you do go on, um, you know the tough losing streaks of losing three or four games. That you've got this foundation to fall back on, and you know weather yourself through. You know the tough parts of the season. Um, and you know I think teaming up with, with with Pat has really suited my own style of play. He plays a really expansive expansive game. Um, he's got good philosophies on, you know, how he wants the game to be played. Uh, he's really open to ideas that you bring to him, and um, you know, for me, it's, it's just been a joy to, to, to be part of that and, and, and to feel like, um, you know, to feel really valued in the, in the environment.
0: <laughs> I guess, from your own perspective, you mentioned at the start of your answer there that it was a bit of an adjustment. I guess taking a step back this season because obviously haven't played in Champions Cup very recently, World Cup games. Like, what was it like? Was it hard to kind of reset your mentality to maybe to be going to some of the less glamorous grounds in Championship rugby and having to still kind of maintain a high standard?
2: Yeah, it was like it, what I found is I had to really set high standards for. Um, for myself um, and for the team, you know, very much in training. So, and that's been a real measuring stick for us this year is, you know, how we've trained uh, during the week. Um, and we have, you know, very competitive hit outs against each other. We're lucky like we have a big squad of, you know, 50 plus players. So we can, you know, we can go 15 on 15 regularly, you know, each week and pack and can really push us hard in training. Knowing that if we do pick up one or two injuries, that there's there's guys he can fall back on. Um, whereas you know the reality is in in the in the the championship there's there's other squads that don't have that luxury because they wouldn't have the depth. And um, so you know what I'd say is we haven't we haven't been you know challenged as regularly as as you, you would be if we were in the Premiership. But that has given us windows to be able to to probably train harder um, and to have more conditioning windows that. Um, I'm hoping are going to stand to us when when the season starts next year. You know, our season will end at the end of April. We'll have an extended preseason, whereas you know other teams will have you know games up till the end of May. Summer tours. You know, we're not going to have too many internationals. So, you know, hopefully we can really hit the ground running come uh, this, the start of the Premiership um, next year. Providing we get
1: promoted, that is. Um, <laughs> <Please> God. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and listen, uh, I mean, how is just in just in comparison to say, you know, some of the other top coaches you've been exposed to, your Matt O'Connors, uh, your Michael Checkers, your you know Joe Schmitz, these guys, how is Pat kind of stacked up to, to them? I mean, he looks like a guy who's really good on the kind of habit formation side because I always thought, I mean, obviously the highlight is that Connor team that he coached to to the Pro 12 um, uh, Pro. Twelve final and win um they really trusted like the kind of system so obviously he's really good at embedding ideas and belief in those ideas in the squad i mean how have you found him how does he stack up
2: yeah i, I, I suppose the first thing with him is he, he, he's a really really uh, impressive speaker so you know straight away when he stands up in front of the group you're just like oh my god you know you're just really kind of going. I can't wait to hear what this guy has to say. As he, you know, as he's got the first few lines out, you're kind of going, "This is really empowering stuff." Um, so it was really from day one. Obviously, I'd I'd, I'd heard good bird from from the Connick guys um, who, who'd spoken really highly of him. Um, and then, I suppose, if you were to compare him to the other coaches, like you know, the likes of Joe Smith. The, the the thing that Joe is, is is so so good at that that you'd know well, Luke, is that um, he just reaffirms what he demands every single day. So you know, if it's getting two guys to the rock, he'll demand it. If it's your ball placement at the rock, he'll demand it. If it's your pass quality, he'll demand it. Um, and they're incredibly hard workers. So you know, they'll go through each tra- each training session with a fine tooth comb um and they'll give the review to you know to the players. They go through each game with a fine tooth tooth comb. And if you know you do something well, you'll be told it and you'll feel really good about it. And if you do something poorly, you know, you'll be told it's a to work on work on and, and you'll be told about that as well. And I think, you know, Pat Pat's biggest strength is um he does that so diligently every single day for our entire squad. So You know, for us over the course of the season, the rugby knowledge of our squad and the skill level, um, you know, he's improved probably by 30, 40 percent. Whereas, you know, you could have had, you know, another coach come in that would have focused more on, you know, the top players in the squad. And, you know, they would have had, you know, the top 20, 25, 30 players might have had a good knowledge of his game plan. But the bottom half of your squad wouldn't. And, you know, ultimately, we both know that, you know, come the November internationals or the Six Nations, they're the guys who you've got to rely on. And um, for me, one of the most impressive thing, things with Pat is he's, he's got the, the entire squad up to a very good level.
0: Ian, uh, I'd like to get your opinion on, I guess, Johnny Sexton's obviously been in the news a lot recently with his great performance in Paris with that drop goal, and you'll know well, I guess, what he brings to the table, having kind of trained alongside him for many years, and kind of battled, I guess, with him, in, in a way, for, for, for a starting jersey. What is it like to be competing with someone like that day in, day
2: out? Um, I suppose, for, for me, I was never I never felt like I was directly competing with Johnny Um you know, and I think he, you know he probably felt similar. You know, it was it was always about you know each of us trying to be as best as we could be, and then you know ultimately the coach would decide who we go with on a given week or if, or if we were to play alongside each other. Um, he's you know he's someone who I, I learned a huge amount of. Uh, you know, consummate professional. And um, I think the reason why you see him hit clutch kicks and, and clutch drop kicks like like he has done over the last few years is because. He puts himself in those position in, in, in training sessions. So you know, if you have a kicking competition at the end of a training session, he brings the same intensity um, to those kicking sessions and wants to win them just as badly as you would, you know, a kick to win the Six Nations. So he's just got that inner competitiveness. And um, whether it's um, you know a game or a kicking competition, you know, for the the loser has to clean the winner's boots. Or you know a winning kick for the six nations like, that. that's literally what he's like and Luke <laughs> Luke he knows what he's like, but he's the exact same when he's on the golf course and he's standing over standing over a big shot like he just you know he just demands the best of himself day in day out, and that's why he's been so successful for such an extended period of time.
0: I'd be interested to get your opinion, I guess, because Joey Carberry at the moment is in a similar enough position to what you would have been in, in that you were both at the same province as Johnny, maybe as the number two out half, and also kind of the number two out half nationally. Is that tough? Because you don't maybe get the starting reps that you'd ideally like on a club stage. So then when you are in an international jersey, you still are maybe slightly undercooked compared to what you'd ideally want to be.
2: Um. Look, it, it, it can be frustrating at times. I think that where the frustration comes is I think the majority of professional players will, will say to you that they're at their best when they're getting a run of games, like, you know, two, three, four, five games in a row, especially, you know, in key positions like um, scrum half, out half, because, you know, you're in flow with the team. They know exactly what you're going to do at a certain time. You're building relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, like so. For example, if I, you know, three or four games with Lukey, I'd be kind of, you know, he'd know when I'm going to go for an inside pass to him, or your timing on a, you know, a ball off the shoulder will be perfect. Whereas that isn't quite there when it's, you know, game one, game two, and you know, I've touched on it before that it's, it's the preparation in the in the week leading into games that it that is really, really impo- important, and you know, the accumulation of that over three, four, five games you know, adds up to, to be something that's really, really substantial. So I'd say that's probably the frustrating side of for Joey at the moment. Um the flip side of that is, you know, I'd say physically he's feeling really fresh. You know, I'm sure he's training really well and, and, and challenging um challenging the the first 15 when he's running in the in the reserves and um you know chomping at the bit to get on. But um, I suppose when you're in the in in the situation you're just really Going day by day and, and and trying to do your best, you're not really looking at the at the bigger picture, and you're you know you're certainly not feeling sorry for yourself. I'm sure he's he's loving you know every second of it with uh, with Leinster and, and with Ireland, you know, just as I did.
0: It's funny, Luke, the way you know when, when there's a situation like that, a lot of people looking in from the outside are kind of like, let's just put Joey Carby in another province that way he can play all the time, you know. But it's not yeah. that simple. The player themselves, obviously, especially in Irish, where we were so you know. Parochial and tribal that you want to play for your own province. It's not that simple to just move chess pieces around like that.
1: No, it isn't, and I think you've had a few players say as much. You know, I think Joey has actually publicly said, you know, that he's happy to stay and you know fight in Leinster, happy to just you know t- to play for the province that he wants to play for, which is Leinster at the moment. You know, so like you said, it's not that simple. Um, you know, I think at times they will find it. Like the last thing you want is to be stacking guys up behind, you know, a first fifteen or you know having them play all the games that aren't the big ones. You know, you need access to the big games. You need to be playing on those ones. That's how you improve. That's how your Jordan Larmer, you know, delivers and all this potential he has. That's how Joey Carberry gets better and better and becomes that, you know, Ireland's, you know, 10 for whoever long or 15, wherever, wherever he may end up, you know. So... It is difficult. I think, like you know, we're talking to a guy. In fairness, we couldn't have a better guy on the phone to be talking about this stuff, Mads. But uh, because I was always so impressed, you know, you know, he obviously Mads had lots of, um, lots of fights for, for for positions for a long period of time at Leicester and. The how he dealt with that, how professional he was training wise, he actually lived what he was saying there about, you know, trying to, you know, he, he always got himself in the best shape possible if he wasn't starting. And I think, I mean, w- what do you think? I mean, is, is that the biggest challenge for you is to try and stay positive in times when, you know, after a game that's, you know, maybe the team or yourself haven't had the best uh, game, and all of a sudden you're saying, you know, the coach saying, actually, you know what? I'm going to go, you know, with Jimmy Goppert this week or I'm going to go with Johnny this week. Is that the biggest yeah. challenge
2: for you? Yeah, like that, you know, that is the, that is. You know, it's it's really tough at the time, but like um, as you said there, you know, you, you, you're in it for the long game. You know, mm. it's you know that's one given week that you're not in. You know, you're still fit, so you go to yourself, right? You know, I'm, I'm not picked to start this week. Am I on the bench? If so, I'm going to do everything I can to prepare myself really well, make a good impact, and please God, the coach is going to go with me the following week. Mm. If you know, if it's worse than that and you're not in the 23, then you're mm. going to go. Okay, well, I'm going to you know, get my extra weights in, get my extra conditioning in, you know, maybe work on the things that didn't go particularly well for your game, be it your, you know, your tactical kicking or your passing or your tackle tech and um, tick off all those boxes, you know, improve yourself along as a player. And, you know, when your opportunity comes again, that you're, you've improved and, you know, you prove to the coach that, you know, maybe he made a mistake by leaving you out and, um, and you know, it's not a game. It's not a game of perfect, as we know. We all make mistakes. Sometimes games just don't unfold your your way, and there's other days where um, you know players you're playing playing against make mistakes, and as a result, you have the game of your life. So um, I suppose I've I've ridden those uh, waves throughout my career, and um, I suppose for me, the biggest thing is just being consistent to myself with the work that I put in week in, week out, uh, ensuring that I'm available to be selected by the coach on a given week. And, you know, that's that's something that's been really good to me. You know, my availability has always been high. And yeah. <laughs> if you're not available, you're nowhere, really, you know. so
0: Would you be able to even talk us through a bit, your kind of post-match, how you go about kind of reviewing a game you've just played? Say, if you've maybe made a couple of errors that you want to look back on, or even if you've played really well... Like, what's the kind of the next 24 hours like for you after a game when you're looking
2: back over it? Um, yeah, I the way I've reviewed games has probably changed as I've got older. So, um, you know, I'd be reviewing the game much more now, um, how the team went, you know, how our systems went, um, are guys in the right position, why certain things didn't work out. Whereas, you know, five years ago, I would have been, um, how good was my passing what was i like one on one with that guy what was that tackle like whereas now it's much more systems based you know what you know what direction is the team going have we improved um the shape we're of running off 9 have we improved the shape we're of running off 10 is our width better in defense so i'm looking at it more um more that way i suppose um, and then obviously you're, you're still looking to make sure that within those systems you're executing your role as well as you can um, to enable you know the players around you. Um, I suppose even system wise with <coughs> with Bristol it's slightly different. You know, i um it's not really my role to, to carry the ball as much as it would have been when I was with Leinster. You know, Joe Joe Schmidt would have always in, encouraged me. You know, to you know play on the game line and feel free to. Share the load with the centres to carry the ball. Whereas, I think you were top
0: try scorer in the league one year. <laughs> Couldn't buy a pass off your mads. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a great sign of the out yeah. half is the top he try scorer. <laughs> honestly, will he yeah, was there, Ian there every go, week. <laughs> Ian every week. Show and go. Show and go. Show and go.
2: But it was there a real strength to your there game. Went, <laughs> there wasn't a week that went by. Uh, post that that Luke wasn't telling me that my hand speed was my real strength (laughs) (laughs) such a good passer such a good passer play to your strengths Ian play to your strengths (laughs) he was a very good very very good manipulator uh,
1: (laughs) it's more like Chubbo
2: you Uh,
1: you know you've obviously become a bit of a go-to guy um, you know, in terms of probably dialogue. And just, I'd say, you know, Bristol have made no qualms about kind of how aspirational they are in terms of trying to get to the Premiership. And I assume from your experiences in being in setups like, you know, Leinster and Ireland, um, that you're kind of a go-to guy for, you know, the coaching staff in terms of ideas. Um, and and some of the younger players. I mean, do you have any of have you got a kind of mentoring kind of role there as well as obviously having that be, that dialogue with the, with the coaches being a, a playmaker, their main playmaker in the team.
2: Yeah, I suppose, like, f- for me, um, you know, going through Leinster was, you know, probably the, the, the best apprenticeship you could have. And I was blessed that, I, you know, I had the likes of yourself, who broke into the team, um, you know, whatever, three or four years before me, kind of leading the way. Then, I, you know, older guys like Owen Redden, um, who's you know one of the ultimates for demanding standards you know day in day out and then you know quality players like Easton Asiwa, who I had the, you know the I suppose the pleasure of playing with when um, when I was given opportunities in you know the, the perceived lower level league games when the internationals are away, he would have been someone who was always there in a given week and I suppose it was, it was what I picked up off those guys uh, and obviously yourself. Um, in, in that in whatever the seven or eight years that I was in Leinster that that's you know really stood me well and I do my best you know with some of the younger guys in, in the Bristol Bristol um, team to you know share some of the knowledge that I've that, that I've picked up whether it's you know being a good professional and getting in and getting well stretched and well warmed up before sessions and making sure that they're prioritizing the, the rugby sessions and not the gym sessions and you know, what they're doing with their, their lifestyle outside of the game. Um, and, you know, all the way down to detail, I suppose, of yeah. Owen Redden's uh, relentless rook counting. Like, I don't think there was ever, <laughs> <laughs> there was ever a time he, he let a let a rook go that there wasn't two, two guys in it. And he used to drive me crazy at the time. But um, I, I can tell you from spending... Twelve months in France, I can see the value in it now. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you
0: sometimes feel yourself saying kind of little, kind of maybe buzzwords or phrases that you would have maybe heard Joe Schmidt or some of the other senior players say, and think, "Geez, I'm uh, now I'm the senior player, or now I now I'm saying that."
2: Yeah, I, I suppose it's something that probably happens. Um, you know that happens naturally. And um, when I was still in the in the in the Lancer team two two seasons ago, I was you know I wasn't a, a senior player because there was you know still lots of older guys there, like you know, the likes of um, you know, Lukey, Shawnee, oh, Jesus, Johnny. Jamie. That's unbelievable. Yeah, but, <laughs> two years only, you know. <laughs> That is incredibly rude. You're never coming back on the show. <laughs> no, but there was there was still like like even in the halfbacks Isaac Boss, Owen Redden, there was plenty of senior guys still there. Then you know in France it was probably more on the average, but then from moving to, to Bristol, there's a lot of younger backs um and younger players coming through. So this has been the first year that I've probably been a you know a clearer senior player th- either through the experiences I've had playing uh, at club level or at international level, um, and it's something that's probably happened happened naturally. And I suppose the great thing is that you know the coaches have been been able to facilitate that, and you've got the likes of you know Stephen Luu too and Luke Moran um Imparting their knowledge from from what they've picked up in in New Zealand and, and Australia, which has been uh, which has been great. Lua too is a serious player. Incidentally,
1: he's yeah yeah. No, in fairness, yeah. have you learned lots? Have you learned anything different? I mean, obviously we were exposed to a couple of you know really high level guys from from Super. Rugby. Any 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 new ideas? Any way they think that you kind of find? Oh, I mean, you're you're kind of saying, oh, do you know what that? I hadn't thought about that before. You know, and you kind of say, "Geez, that's probably why they probably all think like that down there, and that's probably why they're so hard to beat or whatever." Anything like that, you kind of can can think of.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think I think with the Aussies, you know, they they've just lovely timing onto the ball. Um, I suppose from playing with Adam Ashley Cooper last year and, and Luke Moran this year, um, yeah, it's just their time, their timing. They're very patient. You know, they very rarely overrun a ball um you know they, they hold the width really well like they'll, they'll trust their their out half or their centers that they'll get the ball to them um and i suppose they're you know just really high percentage guys you know they rarely rarely make mistakes they cover the backfield really well um i suppose just just small things um very good trainers the, the Aussies like i don't know whatever way they're they're put together but geez they can yeah they can they can certainly churn out the miles and do it on a consistent basis um so yeah they're just it's just small 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 things really i suppose and um different way they they view it like you know they as i said their timing's very good they hold their feet very well you know when to distribute the pass their timing um small things like that i suppose but um mm different ways that they'd have
1: played the game and uh, listen obviously you know you're it's kind of the second year now you've you've been out of ireland obviously with that that player policy you've unfortunately had to had to be watching it but how have you found i mean have you have you enjoyed the six nations so far and um how, how do you find watching is it, is it tough to watch
2: yeah well I, you know I, I think for me I, I i haven't been playing well enough over the last 18 months to, to to warrant a call up so i certainly don't feel feel hard done by and um, you know, for me ultimately it's it's about playing as well as I can. Um, you know, come come next year and 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 hopefully, you know, forcing a conversation that, that can be had and you know, you don't know what can happen in mm. in in twelve months. Like we we both know that a, a week is a very long time in in sports. So for me it's about, you know, getting in the best condition possible and playing my best rugby that that I can. Um and hopefully, you know, that will force a conversation to be had but I suppose for me watching Leinster and Ireland over the last 18 months I probably found it very difficult initially and um, was watching the games in, in, in silence really like you know, it was, I, I, you know I wasn't I wasn't really cheering them on but I certainly wasn't hoping the other team was going to win or anything like that but it was just a, a kind of numb feeling of not being part of it which I did find hard but um I can tell you, this year is slightly different. You know, I'm back, back up, jumping out of the couch and cheering the boys <laughs> on. And <laughs> you know, I'm still, I'm very much, uh, very much a, you know, massive Leinster supporter. You know, have been all my life, and you know, they are my team. And um, you know, it's it's great to see them doing so well. And I suppose similar w- with with the Irish, with the Irish team. You know, I'm uh, incredibly proud to be Irish, um, and you know, I love supporting the national team. <laughs> To the extent that I'd be singing the national anthem in the, in the living room when they <laughs> when the boys were lining up. So. Well, I must um, ask you now that you've mentioned
0: it, what was it like to watch that Ireland game in Chicago against the All Blacks? you know, you'd obviously been kind of in the squad pretty much for two or three years in the build-up to that, and it was Joey Carberry, You had only turned twenty-one that week. who kind of got the, got a bit of glory then. Yeah, like that. That was
2: one of the you know one of the tougher tougher ones to watch. Um, you know, and even the, the the Six Nations last year probably hadn't quite got over it. Um, that you know that you're out of the system, and it, you know it, it does it moves on very quickly. And you know, I'm sure Luki can relate to it. Like you know, when he when he finished, he, he, you know you kind of have it in your head. Um, yeah, you know it will be different without me. But you know, the reality is, Leinster and Ireland are it, you know, it was, they're machines and they just move on. Like it was the same when when Drico retired. You think you know it's going to be different and. You know, Maybe it was for a short period, but you know, and um, but the likes of Gary coming through, and you know, the the team just moves on and, and you know, continues to be successful. And you kind um, of want them to miss
0: you a bit, just a little bit, yeah.
2: You can be honest yeah, you, here,
1: no one's listening.
2: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, you do, you do, like you know, and uh, it's nice when you get name checked the odd time, but like uh, the way I look at it now, really, is I'm I'm just so grateful for the for the for the time I had in Leicester and, and, and with the Irish team. You know, it was it was dream come true stuff, you know, playing with your best friends for the team you supported, you know, growing up. And if an opportunity came to to, to pull on the blue shirt again or the green shirt again, great, you know, but I, I don't look back on it uh in any with in any way bitterly of uh of missed opportunities or whatnot. It's it's um you know, there's there's plenty of other sob stories out there and uh, my, mine certainly isn't
0: one. Ian, I'm going to put some listener questions to you now. If that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And Luke, f- feel free to jump in now if anything, <laughs> anything here sticks out to you. This is from Dara. Is okay. Ian proud of his trend-setting hairstyle that all the youths have these days? I hear if you ask for the Mad Dog in a Dublin barbers, they know exactly what to sort you out with.
2: I <laughs> do not about that. The wire brush. <laughs> uh, the last time I was back, I was back in in, in Blackrock College. Uh, Alan McGuinty pulled me into his office and he <laughs> and he said, "Stop getting a cut so tight because I'm gonna have to, Otherwise, I'm gonna have to keep suspending our students." So.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Barry PM wants to know: Ian's played in England and France. What's the one thing from training abroad that you'd bring back to Ireland, and what's the one thing from training in Ireland with Leinster and Ireland that you'd like to bring abroad? I even found um, that confusing. Good
2: cool question, man. Uh, I suppose, like, from France, like, on, on like, a down week, or um, if you're not selected in the 23, that didn't make it particularly enjoyable. Like, you could find yourself playing five-side soccer or tip rugby. <laughs> <laughs> that which, explains uh, so much. <laughs> which, at the time, which at the time, you're certainly not complaining about. But I suppose looking at it, realistically, you're kind of going, you know, maybe they're they're the guys that you should be, you know, freshening up in your squad so that when when they are picked, that they're they're ready to go. Um, so bring
1: back uh, bottle of rouge and a croissant from France from training, <laughs> uh, and maybe a soccer ball. Fine, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What would you What would you take? Uh, like, what, what would you take? Um, I suppose over from from Ireland to there. I'm actually interested in this I, one.
2: Yeah, just the, the consistency. I think yeah. you know when you're playing in professional sport, consistency and accountability are just Two two things that are so important, and um, I think that's what Leinster really pride themselves on is just demanding those high standards day in, day out. And um, I think if you brought that over to, to France, it'd go a really long way.
0: Very last question It's from random Leinster fan on Twitter: Does Ian think he will ever play for a province
2: in the rest of his career? Ooh, I like that. Um, Oh, I think I'd ideally, like to you know to get back and play for Lancer again it would be a, a, a perfect scenario. But um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't shut off um, going and playing for any of the other provinces. Um, but for me, you know, at my mom, at the moment, my my focus is very much with Bristol, and um, you know, I have another two and a half years to run on that contract, so that's where my focus is at currently. But um, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. Ian,
0: thanks so much for joining us and for humoring those uh, questions at the end as well. <laughs> Sorry, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Some of them were good. Listen, thanks a little for coming on, man. I'll talk yeah. to you soon. That's all we have time for this week on the Left Wing in association with Leia Healthcare. Thanks for listening and for sending in your questions. We will be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you could subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud or listen on independent.ie. So I'd like to thank Luke and Ian for joining me tonight. And until next week, thank you very much and goodbye.
2: Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Left Wing with Luke Fitzgerald.